Give it a second here to get caught up with everything I got going on. I don't know why I can't get the chat to transfer over. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the live stream. Everybody bear with me here just a bit while I do some swirling around and see what we can't get going down. Bear with me, everybody. Oh, okay, we got the chat going to the window now. Woo! We get on the board. I got another two minutes on the on the tunes here. What's up, YouTube? How's everybody doing this evening? Already seeing some names that recognize. Already see some names I don't recognize. That's right, Ben. I am I am back for the time being right now. I've been on the road for quite a while. Welcome, everyone, to the Weekly Lawn and Garden Show, <laughs> except it's not exactly weekly. Uh, I have been on the road for quite a while here. It's spring, and when it comes to the fertilizer manufacturing world of things, spring is where you get everything down. So I have been, I have been all over. I've been everywhere, man. That's why I put out that video kind of detailing Detailing where I've been and what I've been doing because it has been a long one. It's been a long little bit here trying to get everything situated and ready to go for everything that's uh that's the spring, you know. I mean that's just what you deal with. So that's that's what you do, man. You get it's springtime, baby. It's springtime. You know what I'm saying? And I tell you what, we really did have a spring day today. Man, 60s, nice, sunshiny. It was fantastic. Boy, oh boy. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more lawn care, baby. More lawn care. So now that we are here, uh, for those of you that have never, how lushy, <laughs> lushy, ah. Lushy, lushy. Make it, it's starting over here. We we ain't going. We're not going down that road, cowboy. We are not going down that road, cowboy. Ah, uh, where was I? I was gonna move on to uh, to the next part of the show that I like to call the roll call. We got going a little bit here. I'm gonna say what's up first to the first. First one in here was AV Guy. What's going on, sir? Glad you're here. Welcome aboard. 
this old train. Andy's Lawn Care and Outdoor Adventures. He may have retracted his first one, but I see, I see you were there. Welcome aboard, sir. Jesse Snow is here. Schaefer Lawn Care and Property Maintenance, how are you? American Troy, how are you? B Ruck, hey, what's up, big dog? Gabriel Jordan, Frankie Miranda, Fish Duck, Marco Canchola, what's up, dude? How are you, man? Terry Finch, Trey G, Mark Maccioni, Ada Zoysia, Mr. Wade himself, how are you? Sean H, man, he mowed and threw down pre-em in St. Louis this week weekend. The season has started, gentlemen. It's time to get out there and get some work done. Super TA from South Jersey, how are you? Tim Bennett, Benjamin ZBT, Steak and Shake, Robbie Butler, The Fishing Professor, how are you, man? David Turfner Watkins, what is up? <laughs> Turf nerd, man. Glad to see your name in here, DW. Uh, Jake Malden, hope all is well. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, katana, or certainly for burning off annual ryegrass, overseed on my Bermuda lawn. I prefer Katana. I'm not a big fan of using certainty for that. Yes, we're live, Lushy. CD Andrews in here. Bush League Lawns Help Desk looking for IT pros. Am I in the right place? You're looking for IT. If you're looking for IT professionals, I'll tell you where you need to go. There is a website I'm going to throw into the chat right here. It's called thelawndiscord.com. And uh, this link, uh, big shout out to John Pinkerton for putting together this link. Uh, now it's hyperlinked. And um, that'll send you over to the uh, the Discord where it's the show before the show and the show after the show takes place. There's some good stuff going over there. But that's where you'll find your IT professionals. Ain't on this show, big boy. Ah. How long will a rate of three pounds per 1,000 of carbon X last on a cool season mix in the Midwest? How long will the color hold? It'll hold for a good while. So um, the way it's going to work, right, is um, like I described in, the, in, the, in some of the other videos I've done, you know, what you're really capitalizing on with something like biochar in the mix is that um, you have what is not just a cation exchange capacity, right? So CECs, cations. When you look at your soil tests and you get your your BCSR uh, uh, recommendations of your your ratio of cations, cal to mag to, to K to potassium, those are going to be cations. When you look at your anions, those are going to be things that um, have the opposite charge. So you're looking at NP, molybdenum, boron kind of thing. So what's unique about biochar is that it actually has the ability to capture both of those. And so that's what will give you your enhanced efficiency with a product that contains biochar like that. So to answer your question directly, how long it will depend on the physical composition of your soil to determine how long it will last. Uh, loamier, more clay textures, you're going to get a longer duration out of it. So uh, you're probably going to be upwards of uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 weeks. Safely 8 to 12 weeks. Um, if you're in hard sandy soils i mean like like straight sand guys down in florida you're not going to get that long it's going to be six maybe eight weeks on the top end hope that answers your questions uh soil temp in the 60s getting close for second prodiamine app man look at look at y'all doing prodiamine apps on on soil temperatures uh i never did i was just one to uh, uh as long as i was trending on the up up upward trend but you, you know i have to remember in professional lawn care when you have, 
you know, 300 customers, 400 customers to get to all of them, you don't have the flexibility of starting when soil temperatures hit 50 degrees. Well, as soon as you have clear skies, you got to go because you've got to get all those prodiamine applications down before you get to 55. Because if you're trying to apply your first pre-emergent application at 55, you're too late. There we go. It's good to see you here, DW. It is good to see you here. Danelle Minton, hey from Louisiana. I cut grass for the first time this season. Good stuff, good stuff. I'm good, Barry Cavanaugh. I'm very good, man. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be doing the live show. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm super glad to be here. Uh, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, typically the way this works is you ask questions. I will provide answers. This is an open format. Um, uh, my background is turf grass management, so I feel most comfortable talking about lawns, lawn care, um, where I feel least comfortable would be ornamentals uh, and even least least comfortable would be more like vegetables. But if we do want to talk about some perennials or, uh, or uh, hard, hardwood plants, trees, stuff like that, I could dibble dabble around there. But um, yeah, that's just kind of where we are. Uh, you know, my background, I studied turf for a long time. I've been in the industry for 13 years. Um, I worked professionally in lawn care for 12 of those 13 years. For the last year, I've been involved as a manufacturer. I'm a partner in a manufacturing company where we manufacture uh, different types of fertilizers. So there we go. There we go. Uh, so again, like I said, this being an open format type of program here, um, you, you run the show. You ask the questions and I'll provide the answers couple things to keep in mind. I do make mistakes. I do misspeak from time to time. So verify everything I say because I, that's what the lawyers tell me to say. And then on the flip side of that is if I do not get to your question, don't worry about asking a second time. But also keep in mind that I go in order in which they are received. So therefore, you may be asking your question and I may be up ahead of you like 10 previous questions. So it does take me time to get to all of them. With that, let's jump right in. Man, this is pretty interesting. 64 in northern Illinois. That's some, uh, that's, some, that's some pretty warm temperatures there. Sunny Baltimore. Sunny in Baltimore. That's what I'm talking about. I yelled at mine grass today. said, Trey G, turn green, you coward. That's what I'm talking about. Three cheers for green grass. Uh, Gabriel Jordan said, hey, Matt, last year you had a program that included uh, DC products. Will you do a new one, more carbonate-focused this year? Uh, yeah, actually, I can do that. Um, I'm going to be home here for a little while, so I can I can most certainly do that. Uh, Harrison Breggy says, how many pounds of N do you recommend per year on zoysia grass? Now, Harrison, you're going to get 10 different answers from 10 different people you ask. Like, I think Ray is in the chat. I think I saw him on this monitor. Ray is in Hawaii and maintains all high-end, uh, real low zoysia grass. And so he likes to run low inputs to manage it, especially from uh, the maintenance perspective that it can absolutely wear out his reels trying to uh, uh, mow zoysia grass like that. Now, on the flip side, from the lawn care side of things, um, I, I was never, I would never just have one set kind of standard for zoysia grass because 
I'll, I'll put it this way. When it comes to me in Zorja, I always felt like I had to be in total control. That if I if I acted funny when I was treating Zorja grass, if I got nervous about it, if I if I kind of hem hawed around, I've always felt like I got a hem haw result. Versus if I'm seeing something a little funny in the Zorja grass, and you know I'm like, well, I'm going to try and grow this out with fertilizer, and I just pop it. 90% of the time, I could grow it out, no harm, no foul. Everything was back on track. I, I hit the reset button. We were good to go. So what I can't convey in words right here is how to interpret what you're seeing in your zoysia grass. So where some seasons, you may be able to get away with two pounds. In other seasons, you may need four and a half pounds. So your best bet would probably be to use something like a climate uh, appraisal form, like the one from Pace Turf. And uh, use that to anticipate and kind of forecast your nutrient utilization schedule and then treat at nutrient rates according to the utilization rate of your zoysia grass. So pace turf climate appraisal form would be how I would answer that, Harrison, sir. Dogtooth, what's going on, man? Gravy Lookout up there in the Dakota said it was 34 today. Got to spend an hour in the garage before my hands felt like they were starting to fall off. An hour. That's a long time for you. <laughs> Popo and son, what's going on? AV guy, how are you, sir? DSPO, just got my four bags of Exol down today. Pretty interesting. Robbie Nugent, let me know how it goes. Um, I've been getting some, some interesting uh, pictures from people that have been putting it down. And uh, all positive stuff. Definitely positive stuff. So um, it's... It's exciting to watch the results that come in off that product. Um, it's it's pretty basic, right, as far as what's actually in Exol, and I'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit here. It is biochar that's been co-composted in the poultry house, it's adsorbing all the chicken doo-doo. And then it goes from there, and it goes and sits on a compost pad for an extended period of time. And then at that point, after it hits that time point, really what we look for is for sodium to leach, once sodium hits a certain level of PPMs, that's when it strikes the target and we're able to bring it in and begin granulating with it. So um, that's where we are. Typically, it has to spend enough time outside for it to, to be beneath a 111 analysis. And then once it's beneath a 111, then we can bring it in and we'll, we'll granulate specifically Exol. So there you go. During the agglomeration phase of it, we do infuse the peptides to it. We've got some new technologies that are going to be coming up, man. I just, you know, hey, listen, always, always innovating, right? Always innovating. I jumped down to the bottom. Let me scoot back up here to the middle, and then we will keep going. Uh, West Tennessee, Ray Jimenez. What's going on, sir? That's where I'm from. Memphis boy, born and raised right here. Uh, Mike Miller here from Lansdale, Pennsylvania. That's what I'm talking about. That's a cool place, too. Tell me about your radio show. I've seen clues here and there, but I need the details. Okay, for those of you that don't know, I am now hosting a radio show Monday through Friday uh, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. And the radio station is Turfs Up Radio, turfsupradio.com. I'm going to be doing a lot of interesting things on there. I'm posting the link right here. You can either listen online or you can download the app. I will be on for the drive home every day, 4 to 6 p.m. Um, some of the things I want to do is bring on uh, uh, some of the people like like Ray and uh, give him a platform to talk about some different 
uh, turf management techniques that apply to professional applicators because he has a very unique business model. And I think he, what he does is actually, uh, it may fit what a lot of people that actually enjoy turf as more than a hobby. Let me put it this way. There are certain types of applicators. There are applicators that are business oriented. There are applicators that are, um, that just want to see the best grass possible. And for the people that want to see the best grass possible, they don't understand how to form their business to make that work, right? Because ultimately, in order to be able to do it full time, you have to generate some sort of revenue, have, have some level of profitability. And so I think someone like Ray on Turf Up Radio on the drive home talking about that would be a great benefit to a lot of people. Uh, so there you go. 4 to 6 p.m. TurfSupRadio.com. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, also, uh, for those of you who don't know, I, because of what's going on with Turfs Up Radio, the other thing I have done is I went ahead and I made a Facebook page. Uh, and if anybody wants to moderate this Facebook page, by all means, you certainly can. Um, just get at me privately after the show. But I'll go ahead and put that here. And uh, so hop over there. Shoot us some likes, and uh, I'll post all of the stuff we talk about on the radio as show notes on the Facebook Grass Factor page. Lushy! Stop it. Stop it. Thank you, Lushy. I love you, buddy. All right. Thoughts about growing zoysia and PA. All right, Michael, it would be very difficult. And if you're okay with dormant grass six months out of the year, five months out of the year, it's totally doable. It will work there. And I would stick to some of the older varieties. Do not get sucked in to the newer genetics with zoysia when you're growing it in that area. So specifically what I would look for is one, make sure you have good drainage. Wherever you're going to be planting it, make sure it would not have any standing water. Standing water and zoysia and cold climates do not bode well. What that bodes well for is um, uh, uh, winter kill because you'll get these sheets of ice that form over the surface and the soil surface, and then that's typically when you start to see winter kill. So I would look for the tried and true cultivars like... Um, uh, Meyer, Meyer zoysia is phenomenal. And, um, yeah, Meyer zoysia, uh, make sure you've got great drainage and it can work and be okay with it being dormant. You do not overseed zoysia grass with perennial ryegrass. You do not do it. And ask me how I know. I know because I've made a series of tons and tons of mistakes doing it. Um, it just doesn't work. Uh, uh, perennial ryegrass by nature is uh, uh, allelopathic and will be detrimental to your zoysia grass. Don't do it. Um, I want to remove some bent grass from my northern lawn that has the usual mix. Is there anything I can spray to remove it selectively, or do I have to kill all the whole area that has the bent grass? So, Craig, your best bet would probably be low rates of glyphosate. Say, and I'm going to talk about like real low rates of glyphosate, like four ounces per acre of glyphosate in combination with tenacity or Pylex. Pylex, tenacity, glyphosate, ultra low rates of glyphosate. Tenacity in and of itself might give you enough to be able to knock it out, but I've seen it also not work. Uh, I've had some success in, in with uh, bent grass in um, 
bent grass control with Pilex, but I've also had some failure with bent grass control uh, with Pilex. So I would mix in really low rate of glyphosate, four ounces to the acre. Um, it's probably not going to kill your grass. There may be some, some pretty good pain involved with it, but I doubt it will kill it. Will 2,4-D hurt, uh, hurt my trees if I spray a circle on the ground around base? Not necessarily, no, but I probably wouldn't just do that unless, uh, you know, are you spraying like a mulch bed or something like that? If you're spraying a mulch bed around the base of it, yeah, you can do it, no problem. Your safer bed, if there's no grass growing there, would be glyphosate. Uh, but if you've got some harder control broadleaf weeds in it, maybe mix in a little 2,4-D, you should be fine. Uh, get a truck out to Superior Green ASAP. I need to throw down some exoil. Tell old Kurt to holler at me. I'll get him some. Uh, Zorge's turning green in North Carolina, says Ada Zorge. How about them? them uh, Matt, how does the pre-M affect rhizome growth? Uh, technically, it doesn't, right? So um, you may get a little bit of resistance on uh, the shoot that begins to form, that node as it pushes out. You might get a little bit of resistance to it, but chances are how, how much is it going to affect it? I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of difference one way or the other. Um, its main purpose, the main purpose of a preem is to nub the root system, right? So that vapor barrier will hit that soft tissue in the root and inhibit cell division there. So is it going to have an effect on rhizomes? Probably. Is it enough for you to notice? Probably not. Uh, AV guy says, I did an inadvertent jar test of some liquid 10-10-10 Gordons and some liquid micros awaken. I had left over from last year. It clumped unexpectedly. It includes why? Uh, if I had to guess, it's because of the phosphorus in it. Chances are when you have anything with phosphorus and you start adding uh, uh, salts of metals, weird things start to happen, especially if there's calcium in the, in the mix. Calcium and phosphorus do not play well at all. So keep that in mind. That may be a little bit of an issue. Uh, my soil analysis said my sulfur range should be 6 to 12 ppm. My analysis is 50. Is this a problem? How should I interpret this? Uh, chances are, no, it's probably not. Just because you have high sulfur, that may be in the form of sulfate. Uh, which doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. Um, if you, it, so what would be more important that you look for there is what is your pH? You may have 50 parts per million of sulfur, but if you have a pH of 6.8, then you've got nothing to worry about. You're fine. Uh, is it still okay to do a soil test after Minnesota Grass Geek? What are you doing? Not necessary, sir. Unnecessary. Ah. I don't know why I'm screaming like that. Why are you screaming like that, Matt? Uh, okay, is it still okay to do a soil test after a fertilizer app? Yes, Travis, you can, but understand the results will all be wrong <laughs> because your fertilizer application will be evident in your soil test because the fertilizers, the, the nutrients themselves, are going to become soluble and work their way into your soil surface. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Terrence St. Louis says, this is my first year going to use the next products. Uh, is it any you recommend? Uh, I don't use any currently. I haven't used any for a few years, so I will not be able to give you an adequate answer on that. Uh, when would you put your last carbon X out before summer? Uh, that's a good question. I'm assuming you have cool season grass and it depends on where you are. 
Because if you're in like a northern Wisconsin or northern Michigan, somewhere like that, chances are you can run it right through the summer, no problem. If you're in the transition zone, you know, kind of a hard cutoff date, we'll say like May 15th, something like that, maybe even the end of May, somewhere in there. Uh, but again, it all depends on the condition of your lawn, your soil moisture, your ambient air temperatures, your soil temperature. If you've got 80 degree soil temperatures, I'm not going to tell you to put down Carbon X. 818 would be your friend. Uh, if you've got um, uh, uh, 70 degree, oh, 65 degree soil temperatures, your daytime highs are just at 80 and you're getting rain three days, four days a week, then yeah, you'd be fine. Go ahead. Turf therapy, cut the poet trib out today and lay down a little tenacity to hold me over until next weekend when I lay down the sod. Very good choice, sir. Very good. Uh, can I use tenacity on Bermuda grass there in Frisco, Texas? Yes, by all means, you can. Just understand it's a bleacher. It will bleach the grass. Don't panic when you see it. Are you familiar with a three-indole? Uh, yes, and Kennington is a PGR. Yes, so uh, the... The I, I, IBA rooting hormone in Kennington. Uh, so as a plant growth regulator, maybe kind of it'll have a, a little bit of effect where mostly where you see that product used is going to be uh, in the stage of flowering to try and keep like trees from, from flowering. So if you're trying to cut down on like acorns or something like that, um, then, you know, you use, use these, these types of products. There. Typically they're meant to be either injected uh, or foliar sprayed at that time. So, um, yeah, that's that's really that's really all I got. Kenny Cooper. That's the wrong. That's the wrong button. Unnecessary, Kenny. Unnecessary. Uh, so yes, uh, they do have them. If you do a quick search online, the the majority of the place you're going to see those is going to be. Um, uh, in uh, tree products uh, to prevent and inhibit flowering and seed production. Bonkers! I don't need it from you either, sir. I don't need it from you either. How are you, Bonkers? I'm glad you're here, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, how early is too early to get some grub killer out there? Soil temp temps are approaching 50. We're getting ready to put my first apoprodiamine down. Uh, Fescue Freddy, it depends on your active ingredient you're using. So if you're using something similar to like a celeprin, uh, how early is too early? I think April is as early as they recommend on the label. Um, I would just follow label recommendations on that. And a lot of your grub controls are going to have pretty intensive, specific applications uh, for grubs because they are a pain in turf. So I, I follow your label on that one. I'm going to say April is as early as possible. And if you do do early, you've got to run high rates because you have to get the duration out of, the, out of that systemic product. So just keep that in mind. Benjamin ZBT says soil in North Jersey at around 50 midday. Anyone else throwing down first pre-emergent down this week? I know lots of guys up there are getting started. Uh, our soil temp was 53 today. Our five-day average is 42. Wow, it was warm today, huh? How do you replant St. Augustine runners, please? Janelle's is pretty easy. Um, you soften the ground and uh, push them into the ground. You, a lot of people, you use like a disc to get them into the ground. And then water, 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 water. 
Uh, Midnight Monoculture says, hey, Matt, love your products. What would you say have been your biggest challenges in the first year in your startup? <laughs> Man, ah, wow. Uh, I could speak uh, for hours on this. Hours. Hours. Um, first and foremost is never trust anything a an equipment manufacturer says. Um because they will never deliver like they say disco world i'm not I, i'm not doing it for that amount i'll tell you that right now noise going thank you sir disco world thank you uh but here here i i've actually recorded a lot of man those chirping crickets just keep going on and on I actually have recorded a lot of this in a podcast, and I'm going to post a link to it right here in case you would like. In case you would like to um, listen to it, it's you know just a little bit of information about some of the problems we've run into. Uh, it's never ending. How about that? Uh, yeah, it's never ending. Hey, what's up, Pete North? Uh, <laughs> glad you're here, buddy. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> He's been around a long time. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> uh, will and how much, if so, prodiamine interfere with Kentucky bluegrass spreading? Same question with Bermuda. Um, not so much with Kentucky bluegrass. It can with Bermuda because if you can't get your stolons to tack down, it'll cause a problem. But if you're out, uh, Coben, I'll let you in on kind of the secret. For me, it was always one pound of active ingredient per acre. And if I got down a pound of AI per acre, I was never worried with, with Bermuda spreading. If I was going max rate of prodiamine, yes, I would worry about it tacking down and clubbing roots. At one pound of AI, I'm not worried about it. And that's kind of my, my general rule of thumb. And I would say it would be next to non-existent interference with your Kentucky bluegrass. 60 degrees in Bismarck, North Dakota. Wow, my goodness. Hey, bonkers. Uh, what's up, Brandon Ranschmidt? How are you? Good, sir. Glad to see you here. Uh, what's a good substitute for feature? Uh, Gravy, I don't know off the top of my head. What I would do is I would Google, Google shopping uh, E-D-D-H-A iron and see if you can find it on the Google shopping page because um, I think because of Ray, they have uh, they have uh, put down, they have put feature out of, <laughs> out of business. Uh, but E-D-H-A chelation is what you're looking for. And so if you can find a micronutrient blend that's E-D-D-H-A chelated, then uh, there's your substitute. There you go. Uh all right, let me move back over here. I did a quick Google search, and it is out there. Um, what's up, T Winnings? How are you, good sir? Uh, I love it when you talk chicken doo doo. That's what I'm talking about. Are those episodes available as a podcast? Yes, they are. Uh, if you if you go there uh, to the Anchor FM, uh, oh oh, you're talking about Turf Up Radio. I don't know. They may be eventually at some point, but right now, uh, right now, I don't think so. What's up, Big A? How are you, sir? Uh, what's up, Matt Garza? I know who you are, Popo and son. 
Uh, thinking best bang for buck, do I need to add any products in addition to your carbon earth products? Uh, best bang for, for your buck. I mean, it's totally up to you. It depends on what you, you're, you're looking to do out of it. But, um, you know, kind of the whole uh, thing there is that for cation exchange capacity and uh, uh, enhanced efficiency, we use biochar in lieu of humic acids. And for uh, biostimulants, we use uh, the root hair promoting peptide in lieu of um, uh, kelp and the, the synergy between kelp and humic acid. Just it's a different way of doing things altogether. So um, I can't I can't answer that question for you. Uh should I be packing more than sod around? <laughs> Kevin McCarthy says, the XL have a lower rate of peptides than carbon X or X or anything? I'm adding my own N and K to get the biggest bang for my buck. Uh, yes, it does have a much, much lower rate. Much lower rate, Kevin. Uh, because uh, XL is designed to go down at uh, 10 to 20 pounds per 1,000 square feet. Uh, lots of squirrel and raccoon damage to fix this spring. Oh, man. Uh, worried about crabgrass. Would something with dimension, maybe late April, be the way to go? Yeah, that's totally something you can do, Robert. But remember, if you're going with dimension late like that, full single app max rate with surfactant applied as a liquid. That's the trick. As a liquid, single max rate. That'll be your best bet. Um, or you can start doing tenacity applications until you get to that point and then switch over to dimension to get your duration. There you go. Matt, long time caller, first time listener. No questions tonight. Just glad to see the show on. Glad you're here, Chad Hooper, sir. Uh, <laughs> all right. What would be your lawn leveling strategy on top of grass for Bermuda lawn? I have a one-year lawn with some setting, pausing, bump steps. Two inches is the lowest I can cut. Dirt, sand, dirt, sand, other. Uh, sand only. Pretty easy. I Look, Ray commented right there. Sand only. Easy answer. Bury it in sand. Uh, grow it in with plenty of nitrogen, and you will be good to go. Uh... I saw you do a video using Dimension. What was the purpose for the methylated seed oil? Is it necessary? Uh, so, yes, a surfactant to get post-emergent um, post -emergent response out of your Dimension when applied as a late application pre-emergent to catch crabgrass. Yes, you do need either methylated seed oil or a surfactant. All I had was a blended methylated seed oil NIS surfactant, so that's what I used. You don't have to use methylated seed oil. It can be just a surfactant. But yes, according to the label, you do have to use a surfactant if you want post-emergent control on those early tiller stages of crabgrass. Well, five pounds per thousand of carbon X cause any problems? No, it won't. Just get ready to mow, my friend. <laughs> um. Hi, Matt. Do you know anything about a new PGR products? How long before one sees results? Okay. Uh, yes, I do. If you're using it as a post-emergent herbicide, no, I don't. Uh, but how it will work is you're not going to get your biggest uh, growth uh, retardation out of your first application. It will take multiple applications before you really start to see it just shut down the growth. Um, as far as post-emergent control, it's going to be the same thing. As you shut down the plant, uh, you're going to see more and more and more and more decline out of your plant. So do not expect a single application. It's going to be a multiple application deal. Uh, hey, that's good to read, Minnesota Grass Creek. Thank you, sir. Uh, big big thank you to you. And if for, the, for those guys that have it, 
here we go. Uh, I'll tell you exactly where to find him. Minnesota Grass Geek. I see him on Twitter all the time. And he also has a YouTube. So, gentlemen, I'll do you, I'll do you one right here. Hop on over there and give him a subscribe. Bird Dog says, I put down your soil X. I can over apply without concerns. Yeah, you can over apply it, but you're going to have to be in excess of like 100 pounds, 100 pounds per thousand, something like that. Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, look at, look at Ray getting deep on, on a new here. Lasts longer on cool season grasses. Affects cool season more strongly than Tranaxipac. That's interesting. Uh, Super TA says, for my first soil test results, back K is low. They recommend putting down a 0060. Will I be fine to use a liquid 0025? If so, when is the best to apply? Current soil temps are 45. Uh, Super TA, here's one thing to keep in mind. You may have a 0025, but look at how many pounds of 0060 is recommended on your soil test. If it's recommended that is that you, know, you get down uh, two pounds of actual potassium, then chances are out of that liquid 0025, you're going to have to apply that at two gallons per thousand square feet because typically what you see is about a pound of 0060 that would be dissolved in water, and that's what makes up your 0025. Actually, for a 25, uh, you're probably closer to three pounds, so you may have to be put down like uh, three quarters of a gallon per thousand square feet. So just keep that in mind that it's not going to be anywhere close to cost uh, cost competitive to try and balance your soil using a liquid um, because liquids are typically designed to be fully absorbed, right? So they treat immediate deficiency symptoms by uh, supplying in the face of a deficiency and just enough for the plant to go for a couple of cuttings, right? Um, so with a 0025 going down at, you know, three, six ounces per thousand square feet, um, then you're not really doing anything to affect the soil because that's what the plant's going to be using to grow. So uh, if you, instead of apply like a 0060 and you apply it at like five pounds per thousand and you get down three actual pounds of potassium on the ground, then you're not just treating deficiency symptoms in the leaf tissue, but you're also building your soil levels back up. I hope that makes sense. I, you can do that now, but if you're using 0060, it's very salty, so I would not apply any more than one pound of K at a time. Uh, so you would want to apply that at about two pounds per thousand max at one time. If you can find 0050 granular, then you can run higher rates of it. But if it's a 0060, two pounds per thousand, start there, no more, uh, because it is it does have a very high salt index. What's up, Polo Fields? How are you, good sir? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me get let me get caught up here. Will is there an amino acid that facilitates calcium uptake, Mister Green? I'm sure there is. Um, in fact, one of the interesting studies we have been looking at is using a combination of the root hair promoting peptide with a couple of different micronutrients and pay attention to uh, calcium levels in the plant. Um, so 
as far as a specific amino acid, it may not be one amino acid, but it may be a cluster, a chain of amino acids that end up uh, facilitating calcium uptake. So um, I, I can't answer that fully off the top of my head, but do know there is research coming out about it. And uh, I'll actually be talking about one of those products here uh, coming up soon uh, because you know, especially with like real, with real low turf, uh, you know, calcium can actually be, you know, a huge part of your program. So combining calcium with an amino acid or with an amino acid cluster, an amino acid cluster that could facilitate calcium uptake would be very intense in terms of performance. So I do know some of that is actually going to be coming out soon, Mr. Green, but I don't have the specifics right now to be able to just lay it on out there, but I do know there's very real science behind that. John Meyer says, will prodiamine prevent Bermuda from spreading and filling in in bare areas? Wow. I think that's the fourth time we've been asked tonight. Uh, and uh, it can, yes, and it's all rate dependent. Uh, and you can go back earlier in the, in the, in the questions and uh, you'll, you'll find my answer there. <laughs> if you overseed perennial rye in Bermuda every fall, will it eventually thin the Bermuda out or suppress it? Uh, yes, it can if you do not kill out your perennial ryegrass. So one of the things I always, always, always recommend, spray out your rye. Spray it out. Very seldom have I seen the transition from rye back to Bermuda with just using heat or trying to fertilize it out work. In fact, I've seen it cause more problems in your Bermuda grass than it has created aesthetic turf. So, yes, if you do not spray it out every year, heck yeah, it will thin the Bermuda out or even suppress it. Remember, ryegrass is allelopathic by nature, meaning it will emit uh, 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 chemicals, toxins uh, to uh, suppress the growth of surrounding plants. Uh, and, and so to give it something to compare to, think about black walnuts, how they emit juglone. Juglone is not what is emitted from perennial ryegrass, but same process at stake there stout lawn care welcome sir first application going down outside philly area that's good man that is good congrats congrats on your new venture i just came back from orlando a week too late i was hoping to see you over there man oh man i would have uh i would have been there would have been good to see you sir uh what's up man glad to see you back on the live so glad to see you here lambert glad to see you here hello matt can i mix t-zone and prodiamine in a four gallon sprayer together or should i apply them separately polo 100 percent. you can mix those together no problem <laughs> osu turf man with the jokes <laughs> that's a good one I gave you the horns on that one. Dumb horns. Dumb horns. Uh, Terrence. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, Nathan Smith was answering a question there. Depends on what you're doing. I've been using several times. been making a huge difference in terms of combination of carbon dioxide. Right. Good deal. Matt, just, uh, you just mentioned prodiamine at one pound per acre. Do you mean per app or year total? Uh, it, per year total. And when I say one pound of prodiamine, I'm talking about active ingredient. I'm not talking about weight in 65 WDG. I'm talking about pounds of active ingredient, not pounds of actual material. So if there's 0.65, uh, 65% active in 65 WDG, one pound total, 
what would that be? It's more than that, right? So you're you're over a pound there. What, is that, what does that come out to? One one point three pounds of sixty five WDG or something, something like that. Uh, so one pound of active ingredient. Hey Matt, do you have a video that goes over the breakdown of uh, breakdown cycles of nitrogen? No, not in specifics. I can't do one though. It's not overly complicated uh, because everything uh, cycles to nitrate and then leaches out if it's not used, right? So the best bet would be capturing nitrate before it can leach out, right? Or inhibiting the the the, the transition from uh, ammoniacal nitrogen to nitrate nitrogen. Uh, and even when it moves, so like urea, you know, urea becomes uh, NH3 and CO2, right? And then NH3 is ammonia gas, right, that goes into solution. And then it can quickly move uh, over to nitrate pretty quick and then leach out pretty quick. That's why nitrogen in and of itself as a standalone product is not very stable. Um, it's not very efficient. But if you're applying it in really cold weather or um, – uh, or, you know, wrapped in a polymer or homogenized by carbon, then you tend to get better performance out of it. Uh, what's the best nitrate for soil temperature moving so fast? Uh, you mean best nitrogen? Uh, I mean, there's lots of different things. It would all depend on uh, what you're looking to do. So, um, I, like, where, where, where you are, I'm not super familiar with your soils there, but, you know, if you're, if you're on the higher end of pH of things, then, you know, ammoniacal nitrogen would be your friend because it is acidifying. Um, if you're low in potassium, then potassium nitrate may be your friend uh, or something that's balanced one-to-one -one in decay may be your friend. Um, it really, it, it kind of depends on what, what kind of soils you're working with. Um, yeah, the, the only one I've never really liked in lawn care has been ammonium nitrate. I just have never, I've, I feel like I've caused more problems using ammonium nitrate then I have uh, created good, good aesthetic turf. Uh, how would you level up turf type tall fescue lawn? You can do it with sand, but you have to be much more gradual with it. You have to be very gradual. So there you go. Um, Newell Montgomery, yeah, or Sean, the other thing you can do, you can try and do it with, tur with dirt, but it just it never works well. I would use sand and take it in just stages a little bit at a time and plan on it being a multi-year deal. Newell Montgomery says, any insecticides coming out in the CEC line with StressX or 818? Um, not that I can speak. I know, we, I'll tell you, we've applied for EPA registration for a couple things, um, but um, I, I don't know how that's going to go, Newell. I, I just don't. We're actually talking with New Farm right now, and uh, and of course, um, uh, Control Solutions to try try and get that figured out. But I, I just I still don't know right now. Part of it is supply chain, uh, Newell, um, because we're a small guy and we don't purchase a year or two years worth of ingredients at a time. Uh, you you hear about people being affected by supply chain with coronavirus and all that. Well, we're one of the small companies that gets affected by that very aggressively. Uh, because we're not making a purchase last year, forecasting the next year and a half, uh, you know, moving forward. Gibby! What are you doing? No, Gibby, don't do it. Um, so, yeah, so it's, yeah. I'll give you an example. 
we ordered a, another blender. Uh, we, we're, we're bringing in a, a big blender that's uh, uh, part of it. Part of it is is manufactured in China. And when it arrived in the port in the United States, uh, they were going to quarantine it for four months. And, you know, we can't wait four months for that piece of equipment. You know, we, we, we need it to, to manufacture with. So uh, we're, we're just a small company, and I don't know how it's going to play out, to be honest. I'm not very optimistic right now, if you can't tell. Hey, Matt, congratulations on the networking with Tim Bards in Indiana. I'm looking forward to getting your products for them. Good deal, Polo. Man, I, I love the guys at Tim Bards. They've been a lot of fun. Uh, to work with and hanging out with them and going and, and meeting their customer base. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm super honored and proud they're distributing our product because that's exactly the kind of people we, we love to team up with. Uh, wise guy, I love your show, man. What can I pay you for your information, lawn care knowledge? Nada, wise guy, nada. FYI, absolutely hate rescue grass. Big problem in South Texas. It's immune to pre-emergent, grows on top of the pre-emergent, Censored love, you are correct, sir. Rescue grass is a P-I-T-A 100%. No doubt. No doubt. What's the best in-source? Uh, using multiple in-sources. <laughs> How about that? So, plant uses four in-sources. Nucleic nitrogen, protein nitrogen, ammoniacal nitrogen, and nitrate nitrogen. So your best bet to kind of capitalize on all parts of that would be to use one of each. And then what particular chemistry behind the best in-source would be, uh, you know, be dictated by your soil, right? Because there's many ways to apply nitrogen. So you can use calcium nitrate. You can use potassium nitrate. You can use urea. You can use ammonium sulfate. You can use ammonium nitrate. Uh, you can use methylene urea. You can use urea triazone. Uh, you can use CRRP technology. It doesn't matter. I mean, they, they all have kind of a skill set. You can use chicken litter, however you want to do it. Uh, but it really all depends on kind of the situation you're in. So when you're when you're choosing, why did I just smash the mic like that? When you're choosing, you have to look at it from a big picture. There is no small picture of what's the best in-source. That's not. That's a huge question that can only apply to your lawn. Uh, what can I do to prevent my lawn from getting coronavirus? I don't know off the top of my head, but I did see a lawn care guy did a video about preparing for it. Uh, I think I think Doc... How to with Doc did a video on preparing your lawn for coronavirus, so you may want to may want to check that one out. Um, hey, brother, is it good to start pre-emergent and fert in Columbus, Ohio area? Temps will be in the 60s all week. Time to get going, Roshan. Time to get going. Shane Brady, the hardest working man in lawn care. Glad you are here, sir. My goodness, I bet you're ready to get out there and start sweating. I know how you are. Uh, nice surprise. <laughs> What's going on? So Cal lawn and order. Glad you're here, sir. Whoa, whoa. We jumped down at the bottom. Let me go back up here and kind of, kind of wrap my brain around what's going on. Uh, okay. Okay. There's yeah, it's starting to look familiar. Uh, what is a good time to apply a new soil temperature 55? Uh, yeah. And, and again, this may be where you uh, look at your, your, Yes, the warmer it is, probably the more effective it would be. I'm assuming you're using it for a post-emergent weed control. And I want to make that clear right now. A new is not a post-emergent weed control. 
It is a growth regulator. It happens, uh, uh, POA happens to be sensitive to it. So there's not really any research anybody can go to and say for sure it'll work on POA at this temperature. You're all kind of figuring it out as it goes. And remember, the lot of what's been analyzed with it as far as having control over POA has been at real mode heights, right? So at 0.2 inches, at 0.1 inches, something like that. So it's not, and eh, just be careful. Just be careful. It's fine to apply. Yeah, you, it may work for you. That's fine. But remember, you're going to be the forefront on this. I don't think anybody's really got the answers right now. What product out on the market offers us the best Bermuda lawn when it's dormant? Oh, wait. <laughs> I skipped down to the second question. Uh, the best MPK source per square foot. Okay, Rudy. There's not one. Because there is no best MPK source per square foot, right? It's it all depends on what your soil structure is, what your soil tilth is, uh, what you already have in the database. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. I am not going to oversimplify this question. I can give you a very simple answer. I can give you a very simple answer, but I would not be doing you any justice by oversimplifying this question. That's a very complex question because you're talking about a potential uh, 9, 15, 18, 25 different makeups of MPK sources there. And then there's other things you can do outside of MPK too that will give you an even better bet. So I, that's, there, there is no, there's no product on the market that's, that is going to give you the best of, of each one of those. It all depends on, you have to look at your soil you have to look at every aspect of your soil. You have to look at where your deficits are. You have to look at where your surpluses are and then build something to fit that, right? So if you're a little bit deficient in K, you've got plenty of P and you're low in, uh, uh, in maybe like sulfur or something or low in uh, uh, iron, then you know a one-to-one -one in decay with some excess iron in it may be the best fit for you that may explode out of the ground then you can say okay i've got a one-to-one -one in decay but how do i make sure as much of the iron is taken up as possible well if you apply some sulfate sulfated nutrients with that or ammonium sulfate the sulfate in ammoniacal nitrogen combined together like that will trigger a response to increase uptake of iron and manganese and actually magnesium all together at one time it's that sulfate will do that sulfur in the leaf tissue will also draw in that other tissue of that that those other nutrients so at, now we've identified okay not just a one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one into p to k um but we also need some iron and we're going to use ammonium sulfate as part of the end source to make sure that all comes together but say then then you also need some duration out of the product too right uh, so then you, you look at it and say, okay, well, uh, maybe I need just a little bit of urea in it. Well, if you, you, then you take that and you got a little bit of urea in it, then you're also going to have to bump up your K too to match it. So that way you're still one-to-one -one on N to K. And so from that point, you have to ask yourself, okay, do I want to go with the potassium that is going to be higher salt index and cheaper, or do I want to go with the potassium that's lower salt index and more expensive? So I can't oversimplify that question down to what's the best product. I can't do it. I would not be doing you any justice. Uh, there's more to it than that.
Uh, will too much pre-emergent hurt Bermuda lawn when it's dormant? Uh, if it's dormant and you over-apply label rates, it won't hurt it when it's dormant. But when it comes out of dormancy, yes, it will. Uh, if your Bermuda lawn is dormant, can you hit it with straight glyphosate, but it has to be fully dormant? It doesn't even have to be fully dormant, censored love. So there is a study from North Carolina uh, State. Uh, if the, any of the Wolfpack guys are in here, I think I see Jay Wyrick on this one over here. He, uh, what's going on, Jay Wyrick? So NC State was, let's see, uh, spraying glyphosate on Bermuda uh, on slightly greened up Bermuda grass. I'm going to post this study in the chat and give it to you for read. So you do not have to do that. And you don't spray. Uh, it's, you, you, you would dilute your glyphosate first. I just want to make sure of, of that, too. Uh, but there's the studies on spraying slightly greened up Bermuda grass and how it affects it. How are you? A, A Aaron up there in Kingsport area, Johnson City, have fun stuff. Uh, can you apply Pete's DCI turf adjuvant with a post-emergent, or should I stick with a methylated seed oil? Uh, yeah, you totally can because that product is actually well uh, a surfactant, so you're good to go. Hey Matt, I have well water at four pH, warm season turf. Wow, what water correction would you recommend or additional? Uh, turf supplements to override low pH water. Man, I do not know off the top of my head what that would be. Uh, oh, look here. Calcium nitrate, said Ray. That's right. Dissolving some calcium nitrate, that would be a good bet. In fact, that's actually one of those things where you could add, uh, you could add a little bit of potassium hydroxide straight KOH flakes into the tank to, to help bring that up. Uh, depending on what's making that pH for, though, understand there may be a reaction in that. So, for instance, if you've got a lot of sulfur in that water and say it's maybe in the form of like a sulfuric acid or something uh, where it's leached through rocks and all that stuff, um, and then you add potassium hydroxide to that, understand that reaction of potassium hydroxide to sulfuric acid would make potassium sulfate. And that's not super soluble in water, so you may get some precipitate to fall out of solution by raising that pH. But all in all, a pH of four, I wouldn't worry too much about buffering that up unless you were spraying a sulfonyl urea, like halosulfuron, any of your ALS inhibitors, halosulfuron, uh, amazosulfuron, trifloxysulfuron, those will increase efficacy in higher pH solutions. So the only time I would ever worry about that would be when I'm trying to do that. Most of any kind of your iron supplements you get, Jay, are going to be like a pH of four or less. So it's not, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Just because you have a four pH doesn't mean you're going to go smoke everything you spray. Uh, Love, I'm just going to come out and tell you guys, honestly, I started pulling weeds in my hand recently. Dang rescue grass. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I would too. In fact, I can't tell you how many people's properties I've been frustrated dealing with rescue grass and going out and hand pulling it. I've done it. I've been there with you. Uh, getting back in the grind here in North Central Florida. That's what I'm talking about. Mangoes as weapons. Hey, Matt, is there a calculation to accurately measure how many pounds per thousand of gypsum will raise base saturation of calcium levels by a certain percentage? Yes, there are. There is. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but there are lots of uh, of ways that you can you can actually convert a percentage of calcium to parts per million, and so use that to accurately gauge how much 
gypsum you're applying to the soil to influence your cow levels. Um, but I don't know what it is. Uh, let's see. Calcium. Uh, wait, calculator. Let me see if I can find one here. Just real quick. I'm going to do... I'm going to do a little, uh, uh, do a little dancing around. Uh, well, I don't see it right now. If you shoot me an email at thegrassfactor@gmail.com, I will try and find that and get back to you on it. But yes, they're, they are out there. They are definitely out there. I just put an app to the CX uh, yesterday. Can't wait to see the results. Bob, I don't know why it flagged your comment. It was great. I just approved it. There you go. I I let me know how it goes. Um, O2 ice natural adjuvant. Do I need to be using it? Thanks. I don't have any experience with it, so I can't really speak to it. But I mean, it's a it's a it's an adjuvant, so that's that's a positive thing, right? We all need to use spray adjuvants in. Uh, depending on what the labels recommend, right? And then the second part of that, I believe it has chitosin in it, which has some uh, proven biostimulant effects out of it. So it's one of those things that is it worth it for you and your pocketbook for the goals you have for your lawn? That would be the answer to that question. So let's show my K was on the border of too high. Will I be okay to use X screen? Uh, you will because you are going to be consistently consuming that X screen, uh, but Chances are, I would probably stay closer to CarbonX, bring it down for a couple actions, for a couple applications, bring it down a little bit, and then make the switch back over to X Green. So you can the season, but I probably wouldn't straight off the the bat. bat. Uh, and it's not that you're really going to affect anything too much. It's just that you're kind of burning money on potassium when you don't need to. Um, I'm here for some IT help. What's with all the IT jokes in here? Uh, does Air Eight damage the prodiamine barrier? Uh, not physically, uh, but I would be more concerned with the pH of the product having an issue with the pre-emergent um, inter interaction that way. Uh, whoa, whoa, I got to scroll back up and jump to the bottom. Uh, Doc, doing CNBC on... So, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, how do you feel about using phosphites as a preventative for pythium later in the season? Is this an option, or should I budget uh, applications of Subdue Max? Nick, uh, phosphites are great. They actually work really well. So you can, you can certainly do that. Now, remember, as far as prevention, 7, 10, maybe 14 days max. Uh, subdue, you know, 14 with uh, curative also. So if you do have a little bit in there, Subdue can, give, can offer you some, some, cure, some cure action out of it too. Phosphites are not, but uh, yeah, I mean that that may be a good fit for you there. Uh, but yes, they they work they work great. So by all means, you you are on the right track thinking about using them. Uh, it just the frequency of the application is very high. Any tips for keeping raccoons out of your lawn? They keep rolling up my grass and it's killing me. If they can roll up your grass, it sounds like you had a grub problem, and I would probably go after the grubs. Uh, maybe something like Dialox and water it in immediately. Are you working with any companies to distribute your products in the Baltimore area? Uh, yes, I think. Uh, who's the one we're talking to? Uh, hang on. Let me, let me pull this up on a map and see how close this is to Baltimore. 
so Ballard Enterprises up there, we just finished working with. And if you give me just a second, I will find his website. Uh, he's actually a lawn care, tree care guy who also distributes lawn and tree products regionally. Um, and awesome guy. Tim's a great guy. And uh, he can definitely help you out. Let me throw this in the chat. So, Fescue Freddy, there's a link. Best way to get Bermuda out of Turf Tech to Fescue. Chris, if you don't like to go the route of uh, uh, glyphosate, then your next best bet would be either Pylex or. Um, What is it called? Flazifop. Flazifop is an active ingredient. I cannot remember the trade name. Fusillade, um, over the top, Ornamec, over the top. Um, just understand there's inherent risk with that. There's, there's a program approach to it. I've done probably 10 videos on it. So if you type in Pilex on the YouTube, chances are you'll find one of my videos where I go through in detail how to use it. Uh, that's if you don't want to go the glyphosate route. Matt, my yellow lap likes your Carbon X as much as I do. Good deal. <laughs> Matt, I purchased good herbicide last year and left it outside in my shed and it froze during the winter. Do you think the herbicide is still good? Vladimir, it probably is. If it's separated a whole lot, it may not be, but try and shake it and get it to all come back together. If it does, you should be good to go. This where should I apply fungicide earlier? Polo, I would, so what you're looking for is going to be your nighttime temperatures, right? So, um, what you're looking for is daytime temperatures 85 and above and nighttime temperatures 60, 65 and above. So when you see that, that's when you start applying fungicides. So it doesn't really necessarily mean you're going to be applying them earlier this year than you were last year because we haven't reached it yet, but that's what you're looking for. So when you do see that, that's when you need to make sure you're getting down your fungicides. Glide does a good job of taking care of the rest of you guys, at least until I can get my hands on some monument. I'd never had Monument work great on rescue grass. I'll just say that. Getting Nancy to get out in the lawn here in St. Louis, probably spraying my podiamine down in a week. Uh, I've currently got an excess hydroxylic acid in my lawn right now. In theory, it should dissipate over time, but I'm feeling impatient. Send help. I uh, can't help you there, sir. <laughs> Whoa. I jumped to the bottom. Uh, okay, how bad is high phosphorus levels? It appears my area has naturally high phosphorus levels. I tested a yard with a little sample that hasn't been treated with anything for years. Um, it, it's not necessarily that it's bad. Uh, you know, it can tie up with lots of things. So, you know, really the big thing there would be like, you, you know, your, your iron becoming ferric really, really, really quickly. Any of your micronutrients, you know, salts and metals becoming, becoming oxides very, very quickly um, would be the worst thing. Uh, not necessarily just a bad thing, but it can, it can, it's not always plant available and, and it can tie up other things as well. So it's best not to be applying phosphorus then. Stay away from your Milo if that's what you've been doing. Uh, how do you decide on when to use non-ion surfactant or methylated seed oil for speed zone herbicides or a new, uh, the label, the label will tell you when to use it. Uh, someone says I need it help. What's up, Steve Williams. How are you, sir? 
Hey, Matt, if you had to pick one before a hot summer, would you go with Stress X or X Screen? What tips would you start putting it down? So this would be where your soul test would come into play, right? So if you are deficient in K, then I would say Stress X would be your better bet. If you're not deficient in K, then I would say X Screen would be your better bet. Uh, tips would be a starting point to put it down, mm, you know, 80s, somewhere in there. Uh, I have multiple shell stations in the Baltimore area. <laughs> what are some liquid peptides to try in cool season turf program? Uh, you are not going to find any on the uh, in the lawn care market right now. Uh, there is one in golf. There are none in lawn care. Uh, I can tell you the place we get them from. I can put a link in. Um, in the description, but uh, yeah, you do not see them in lawn care right now. And remember, peptides are not just a singular product, right? So uh, it's a very specific peptide. It's a very specific sequence of, of uh, amino acids. And in order to derive that specific sequence, you have to use the HA12 uh, protease enzyme. If you're not using the HA12 protease enzyme, then you're not getting the root hair promoting peptide. And there's only one company that does that and they do not sell to lawn care right now. So we have to get it through an agricultural supplier if that helps, kind of like that. Um, and when do you typically do it? You do it before the onset of stress. There you go. Uh, normally hogs like to dig up your grass and get the grubs. Woof, man, I, you know, we started having dogs move in into the area and uh, I said dogs hogs started moving into the area and uh just unbelievable amounts of damage unbelievable amounts of damage my wife has made it in here what are you doing asami welcome are you are you still are you still skyping with your uh with your parents uh sean ace the only one in uh the st louis area would have been uh would be uh uh, uh kurt cherry superior green Tell him he needs to put an order in with us if he wants to have some material. Uh, Missouri, is it okay for Carbon X to sit on cool season turf for 12 hours? Outside temp, 70 degrees. Yes, you're fine, Eric Ellis. You're totally fine. Uh, Matt, I have plenty of tenacity left over from seeding last fall. Any issues with using it in combination with dimension as a pre-emergent? I have a small lawn, so cost is not a particular issue. Yes, you are totally fine. And again, Eric Ellis, you're totally good. Uh, it can sit for 12 hours. It can sit for 48 hours. It can sit even longer. You'll be fine. Uh, Tim H., I, not every week, but typically I'd go 9 to 10 on Sundays. Uh, I, have been, I have been off here for a while because I've been traveling, but I'm going to try and do the show way more frequently now because uh, I'm not going to be traveling as aggressively as I have been because of the spring rush. Uh, and so real quick here, before, before uh, we go any further, there's a couple things I want to talk about. We'll do some house, housekeeping real quick. Right now, I host a show Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern on Turfs Up Radio. It's just started on Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Turfs Up Radio. You can download the app. You can go to the website. 
I do the drive home there. That's what I'm that's what I'm gonna be doing. We did the one on Friday. We had a really good time. Lushy called in, talked crazy to me. We had some we had some good stuff. We had some good stuff. Uh, and then the second part of that is that I actually use Facebook to kind of communicate the things I talk about on the show with the listening audience. So I now I now have uh, the Grass Factor Facebook page. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. So there it is. There's that. Then, if you got a real wild hair up your rear end, I don't record these very often. But when I do, I tend to talk about what it's like to be a startup in the fertilizer industry. And so you can listen to the podcast. One dream. Got my carbon X in a couple weeks, chomping at the bit to throw it down here in Alabama. That's what I'm talking about, Jonathan Brothers. Uh, cool season turf. Would you skip putting down nitrogen round one and apply nitrogen round two so we focus on root growth round one and not top growth? Uh, Papa and Nana's lawn care. Nitrogen does not strictly focus on top growth. Nitrogen actually correlates with root development as well, too. So in, in order... And nitrogen drives uptake of all your other nutrients. So if you skip nitrogen round one, you're telling your plant not to take up any other nutrients. And therefore, you're sacrificing all growth, including root growth and including leaf, including leaf growth, top, top growth. So nitrogen is the driving force. If you skip nitrogen, you're skipping every other, every other part of the plant process because it's nitrogen that drives the rest of it. I hope that makes sense. Do not do that. You, you can reduce your rates. That's fine. You can reduce your rates round two. That's fine. But skipping it all together and expecting that you're going to get root growth and not any top growth is a myth. That's not going to work. I did, Ray. I did give you a, a shout on Turfs Up Radio. Uh, I tend to refer to you as my mentor instead of, instead of me referring to myself as your stalker. <laughs> I hope I hope that works. I hope that that chain of uh, word track works. What up, Grass Factor? I have poetry trivia. I was popping up in small clumps in different areas of my yard. Where is it coming from? And what is a cure? Just gly only? Yeah, and even glyphosate doesn't work all that well, Deanna. Um, what people are experimenting with now is a growth regulator called Anu. Um, but I did a video. Uh, that was the top five POA management strategies. And uh, one of the things that I kind of talk about is that if you do have POA trivialis, you don't really have a whole lot of options because even glyphosate is not that effective. And so I even linked to a study in that. So you can check out that link right there in the chat. Uh, I got the tenacity already. I will have to pick up some atrazine per your advice, but there's enough rice you guys to keep me in business for the next couple of months. <laughs> what are your thoughts on MSM turf blanket apps on Bermuda? Uh, I've got very strong opinions on it. And uh, I actually did a um, video on metsulfuron that went in really in-depth on how to use it and what you can expect from it. And I'll put a link to it right here. Uh, what's most important when you choose to use MSM Matt Martinez is your rate because half an ounce to an acre kills weeds. One ounce to an acre kills trees. Two ounces to the acre kills the soil. 
is kind of a general rule and thumb, rule of thumb. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Um, and it's not necessarily going to kill all trees, but if you're applying at a half ounce per acre, right, that's your rate to kill broadleaf weeds. Remember, everywhere you overlap too much. Now, if it depends on your spray strategy, right? You may be calibrated to spray back to your previous footprints. That may be fine. Then, you know, you're not, you're, you've got your adequate rate down if that's how you calibrate. But if you didn't and you're overlapping, then you're applying one ounce per acre in that area. And say you do it where you get confused going around a tree. And all of a sudden, you've got about 20 or 30 square feet right at the base of a tree where you are spraying one ounce per acre. And say that may be an oak tree that has particularly high sensitivity to methylfuron methyl, then you may kill that tree. I have a question. I mean, I have experience with that. I have a lot of experience with that. Uh, Barry Cavanaugh, I have an unopened bag of Carbon X Pro left over from last year. It should still be good. Yes, it'll be good. It'll be fine. It was an unopened bag stored inside over the winter. Yeah, you're good to go, sir. Uh, Wetumpka. I don't even know where that is, man. I do not know where that is. Montgomery. Oh, that's Alabama. All you people down there in Alabama. Dave Weirich had a real funny joke for me one time. Um, uh, Jay, you probably don't know this, but I was sent a video regarding your take on Alabama and the number three. If you're still listening, Jay, just know I've seen that video and I laughed really, really hard. I'm telling you right now, I laughed really hard. Well, gentlemen, we've come up on almost an hour and a half here. If you guys want to show support, I'll tell you exactly how you can show some support. Go to TurfsUpRadio.com, download the app, get ready to tune in tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., while I will be doing the drive home. If you want to show some support, head over to Space Crack, also known as Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like. If you want more, this show ain't enough for you, and you got some extra time on the week, weekends or whatever. Yes, Matt Martinez for Rye. I would be looking at a monument or uh, what's the other one? Forum Sulfuron. I can't remember the trade name. But Forum Sulfuron or even uh, Katana. All those will work. I appreciate everybody tuning in, man. I had a real good time tonight. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it seemed like there was one other thing. Yeah, Turfs Up Radio, Facebook, Anchor FM, the podcast, everybody. Oh, and if you want to hang out at the show after the show, you can always go here. On Discord.com. Come hang out at the Discord where there's a bunch of recovering old people that used to be cool in the past. May not be very cool anymore. But we're something. We have a good time, though. All right, everybody. I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all have a fantastic, a fantastic evening. And don't do anything I wouldn't do.